0: Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you'll find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers.
1: Uh, Welcome to Business Line State of the Economy podcast. Today, we are very glad to have with us Mr. PV Subramaniam, who is one of the very same voices in personal finance amid all the noise and clutter that you hear on social media. Uh, Subra, as he is known to people, runs a blog called subramani.com, which has over a million visitors, where he posts blogs on a wide variety of subjects related to investing. So, going into Subra's background, he's worn many, many hats through this over two decade career in the first 17 years of his life he was an auditor he's a chartered accountant he was a corporate finance advisor he was an advisor to many big names in india on their wealth creation journey and after that actually he sort of quit corporate jobs etc to educate and share his knowledge with the public at large so he's authored three best-selling books retire rich you can be rich too and a prescription for doctors Today um, we hope to hear from him on um, how to be a successful equity investor. You may feel the subject is a, a, a bit old, and everybody has been talking about it. But I can assure you that the point of view that Supra gives you will be quite unique and different from the rest. So, to start with, Supra, you've been investing in the stock markets from the 80s and the 90s, and you must have seen over four market cycles, right? So. Would you say investing then was far more difficult
0: than it is now? Uh, Actually, no. Because uh, that time data was difficult to get, but it was good quality data, which means Mm. we just got the balance sheets of companies. But you have to do your own calculations. You have to calculate the ratios. And when you're calculating ratios, you would think, should I take gross assets or net assets? All these Mm. doubts would come. Then you go and pick up your uh, basics of finance book and see how the calculation (laughs) should be done. It would take three days to calculate all the ratios and uh, arrive at the, uh, you know, fund flow. But in the 80s, uh, cash flow statement was not given. Only P&L and balance sheet was given. So it forced us to look at the notes on accounts. Uh, Today, when I speak to some of the analysts, they don't even know that the company law depreciation and the income tax depreciation between different figures. Not that we were here to, you know, do a PhD in finance, but since we didn't know, we were forced to do it. So whether it was a small balance sheet like Supreme Industries or a more complicated one like Reliance. Reliance. was complicated yeah. in the 90s also. Lot of thinking, lot of talking to companies and saying why this price and all that. And luckily or unluckily uh, so many experts were not available. Today it's very easy to get a report and get biased. There was a um, uh, research report on Supreme. It was because we made it. Other than that, we got no access to any other research reports. It's a little easy and little difficult. Today, if I want the ratios, it's available to me in a button. So some of those screens are available. And uh, so today, some things are easier, but definitely we were not inundated with uh, too much of junk.
1: Right. Yeah, I think all the information you got then was primary information. It was not filtered information coming to you through somebody else. So you could Yeah, you had to talk to the promoters, we
0: had to yeah. talk to the CFO, we had to get the balance sheet. And we learned a lot of things also. You know, Arti, on my way, I learned that when you talk to the, the promoter, when you're trying to buy his share or sell his share, he would talk very differently. Uh, but I, as a lawyer, I went to the Supreme Court three, four times with different promoters. I realized that a guy under stress speaks the truth much better. Go to him as an investor, he will say, "Oh, everything is hunky-dory." But when he is uh, being uh, prosecuted under excise duty for creating some fake documents, <laughs> you realize where is ESG was. I have always said, what book should you read for equity research? Anthropology to zoology, anything uh-huh. that you. I mean, anything that you read, you read how the Mauryas behaved, how the Guptas behaved, everything, you know why a person in North India behaves differently from a person in South India. When you read geography, when you see how people behave, then you realize, oh, this is how this company will behave. So it's a very fascinating journey.
1: So talking of books and where to learn investing now, in India, it's become quite a fad to quote American icons, like you say that uh, you keep quoting Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch and then Howard Marks. Can Indian investors really apply American lessons? And don't we have a lot of role models in India also created a lot of wealth for investors?
0: Uh, see, uh, in India, the people who have created wealth have been in the, and been in the public space are fund managers. Right. Like say uh, Naren, Prashanjian, Anand to those kind of people. You can't compare them to Buffett simply because Buffett is a businessman. The only person you can compare Buffett to is say Deepak Parekh or Mukesh Ambani. Right. who can go over a company, take it private, keep it there, fund it and then put another 500 crores and do a uh, new IPO, right? Take it private and then do a new IPO. And also understand that in India, uh, even though fund managers building a portfolio of say 15,000 crores in SBI, if it has been built by ICICI, it is built over two years. It cannot be built for a short period of time. But for them to buy 12,500 crores of SBI takes time, selling also takes time. So they are severely limited. So comparing a fund manager to a business owner is unfair. I'm sure if you create a 25-year track record, uh, both Prashant and Naren would be at least in the top five in the world. Right. So that is the kind of performance they have given. Uh, the problem is they don't write about it. Right.
1: But you have known many of these people personally over the years, right? You knew Paragdha, you knew uh, Rakesh Junjunwala, you knew Prashant Jain and Shikran So what are some of the things that you've learned about investing in the Indian context? What are some of the qualities you need to be a successful investor in India?
0: Uh, what are the qualities to in, in a successful investor is actually a book not just a question because, <laughs> so I would start with saying being uh, curious to mm-hmm. know how this company makes money you know it's easy to say oh I will never use Zomato so Zomato is not a good buy
1: okay
0: <laughs> if there is uh, Italy and Pongal available outside my house maybe 400 meters outside my house and I want <laughs> to eat it that- uh, 10 o'clock I just walk there and buy uh, and eat for 40 rupees for my daughter she orders it on Zomato she will get it at 70 rupees first of all it's at a premium plus 40 rupees delivery charges so 110 so I would think it's oh my god 40 rupees Pungal I am getting it at 110 but she just says it is convenient right so there are you have to understand why some businesses work without being biased I would not I am not a Zomato consumer but I might be a Zomato investor, right? So you have to you have to keep on being curious about the business model, saying why this works, why it won't work. So you have to be curious. You have to be willing to be very skeptical. You yeah. suspect everything. So when a promoter says something, you are skeptical. You are saying, oh, I know this is happening, but is it really translating into money? Right. Obviously, you're going to say, yeah, yeah, we know, we know so and so, so and so. But you know yeah. how difficult it is to set up an airport, for example. You need 50 approvals. So, does this company look, look at Shapurji Palunji and Dubaj of okay. Z? Both very, very successful businessmen, very well uh, doing very well in SL ProPak, SL World, and all that. And Shapurji Palunji, very renowned name. Both of them found their waterloo in uh, infrastructure. It's not okay. easy to be in infrastructure. So, when a company Goes from a project they know to a project that they do not know. You have to be careful. Then some companies, they are not very happy with their go- corporate governance. But suddenly the children come and you know corporate governance is in place. For example, like Kajaria Ceramics. Uh, I never had very great uh, respect for them. Then suddenly the children came, they started advertising. And today it's a top company. Yeah. And it's done very well. Yeah. You never know where things can go right, where things right. can go wrong. Whether the shares are being rigged right so all those things you have to be alert so yes being skeptical is useful speaking to some auditors is useful from where you can get information not just right. printed books from I am now 50 kilometers away from Nar- Nariman point if I don't understand something my friends say it happens when you go and live in a village it happens come to the city we will tell you what happened some information right. you can get only there you cannot sit in Kodaikanal and uh, hope to get information sometimes when you have your ear to the ground it has been be Nariman point not in uh, Uh, it doesn't you sound doesn't reach there so So this
1: tells me that actually stock picking requires a lot of work in terms of not only reading the balance sheets then understanding i mean trying to talk to the ecosystem of the company in terms of stakeholders customers but uh, many people today want shortcuts right so they think that the same process can be short-circuited and uh, simply by going on social media and following what uh, um, say, Rakesh Ra- Ra- Junjanwala bought, or he is no longer there, but they still track his uh, wife. Uh, say, what Dolly Kanna bought, or what Supra is saying on Twitter. They feel they can just follow that and make money. So, what do you think of that? I, I myself am not capable
0: of uh, creating a portfolio today. I'm being very clear about it, but I have one advantage which others don't have. I have a full uh, database of uh, phone numbers. Knowing whom to call when I have to buy something. I'll give you an example. Uh, DHFL, uh, the the price was 1,200 rupees. And one broker told me this is worth buying at 1,200. I, I had no clue. So I called up another friend. He said, look, I am not tracking it, but I was junior. Uh, talk to him. He must have been some four or five rungs lower. Normally, these people are a little scared to talk, right? They don't know who is this person. Okay. He had not met me. So on the phone. So he said, sir, 1200 is not right. One digit is extra in that price. <laughs> Either one should go off or zero should go off. I said, what nonsense? What is this? He said, sir, read the notes and accounts. And so then I realized what they were doing. So I didn't yeah. buy. And the share actually went down to 120 but you can do that only after you have done your research. You cannot just pick up the phone and say, tell me what to buy. That doesn't work. You do your research and then final plunge, you see, because I'm not meeting the promoters anymore. Uh, doing research, to me, is very important to meet the promoter. But uh, I don't think a young uh, reporter yeah. should meet the promoter because they will get overwhelmed by it. I, I, I always keep saying experience cannot be taught.
1: So what I take away from this is that you may be buying a certain stock with a certain objective in mind. Like you may think of it as a trading bet or a long-term bet. You may be thinking of a small allocation or a big one. So when you share something uh, on social media, then the person reading it doesn't know the context in which you're buying. Right. That is why you often give that disclaimer I've seen. Like, uh, this is what I have bought, but please don't follow me kind of thing.
0: I mean... I keep telling this to people in my class, if you know the kind of losses I have made, you'll stop following me. (laughs) So so it's important to know. And this is true for every big fund manager also. I mean, I was quite shocked when uh, Prashant bought uh, Yes Bank at 80 rupees. I never liked uh, Rana Kapoor as a promoter. I never touched uh, Yes Bank. But uh, he bought, uh, Prashant Jain bought Yes Bank. And uh, today's Yes Bank at 10, 12 rupees may be a different buy at. But at 80 rupees, it was not a good buy. I was quite surprised because I found Templeton, uh, HDFC, AMC, all of them had a stake in Yes Bank and I never liked Yes Bank. So there are no theories which work. You have to take each theory and see what works. In fact, that is why I am against following American authors. So some of these things, so therefore, American companies made money. Uh, Like, for example, Coke was asked to set up plants all over the world during a world war. And all that was funded by the military. And after the war was over, that was given free to Coke. Now, nobody gets free plants all over the world. To... Those things will never happen to a new company today. So yeah. if all that is hidden, then you say, oh, Coke has made so much money for shareholders from here to there. All this is being hidden. Very difficult to use the last 70, 80 right. years or 100 years of American history and to think right. it will get uh, replicated. In fact, you can be sure it won't get replicated.
1: You've uh, interacted and managed when he given advice to a lot of wealthy people in India. So, how do the rich teach their children to invest? I think that is the real test, right?
0: Yeah, and it works both ways. You know, there are friends of mine who say, Thank you very much. My son now knows what I have, how I invest, and all that. So, it is very useful. And there are some who say, Arey, yaar, My son knows how much I have. So, you know, so he <laughs> wants to spend uh, three crores on his wedding. My budget was only 80 lakhs. He is spending so much on his wedding. So it cuts both ways. If you give information to your children, you have to know how responsible your children will be and how much information you want to give. Second, I think when you have a three-year-old, two-year-old, you start investing in the kid's name and you start giving that quarterly statement showing, say, this money is for you. And you keep on saying, this money is for you, this is for your education. So when the kid says, I want to buy something, you say, can I remove money from there? And the kid says, no, 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 that money is my money, you shouldn't remove from there. You take it from somewhere else. So you realize, you know, compounding. Like, for example, I used to sit with my daughter, show her all the dolls. Some would be very well worn out. I used to tell her all dolls have a price, but one which you have used, you have derived value. This is value investing, right? So all shares have a price, but if you have earned well out of it, you have derived the value out of that purchase. To teach value investing later on, you have to do value buying now, right? You have to say why going to the wholesale market helps. How going to the wholesale market does not help if you want to buy one bulb. Indians have a terrible habit of complaining that our schools don't teach. Our mm-hmm. schools are not expected to teach because 50 children in the class, each one is financially different, you know. And also the terrible thing that we don't teach girls how to build. Lego toys is for boys. Girls will get Barbie dolls and uh, purses. You know? So purses means she's going shopping to spend money. Girls have to be told how to build a portfolio. Right, everything has to be taught at home. Why are we abdicating? Why are we thinking that if I pay 50,000 rupees fees, the teacher has to do everything? So, you have to teach, you have to teach the children. And I think it's very important that you tell children about your failures. Not everything can be taught, ultimately, they have to go into their lives and do yeah. it. You can draw rules saying what you can do, what you can't do, how to judge your business, all those things. Some of things you can teach. Some of things they have to, you know, academically learn. And you know, if your son wants to be a, a chartered accountant, he has to be a chartered accountant. Your being a cost accountant
1: doesn't help him. So many investors have entered the markets in the last couple of years, as it happens in every pool market. And they think that options trading or intraday trading is a quick uh, way to make money. And there are n number of webinars and other resources which are highly priced, which are available to these people. So, but you are essentially a long-term investor, right? So, I mean, how do you tell people that long-term investing also works and options trading need not work for
0: everybody? Yeah, but uh, like I said, experience can't be taught, patience can't be taught. Right. So when you see the benefits, you say, oh, it's not so bad. So by doing nothing, maybe you call it laziness or whatever, I have not lost money. Right. So we, we all do that. I mean, I have shares bought in 1986. Right. So uh, and I, I'm still holding. <laughs> Even today, I saw Chola results were superb. Out, yeah, outstanding so you say, okay, the best company, best NVFC is already there in my portfolio. Why would I go and pick something else? I would do an FNO if I'm very eager to make more money. Right. So you cannot stop a 25-year-old from falling for those things because today if you were to take the top 10 financial influencers on YouTube, uh, I don't think may, uh, many of them would be above 35, which means they don't have experience. I don't think portfolio sizing is a science which can be taught. It's a science and an art. Ads which say in two hours I will solve all your financial problems. Yeah. How is it going to happen? Even let's say I talk to you for two hours, can I yeah. solve all your financial no. problems? Definitely know. not, right? I That's keep saying true. we are like doctors; we can recommend, give them the prescription. Nobody can monitor all that, right? So, uh, Arti, in fact, I am worried about something worse. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, insider trading meant one guy talking to four people there's a limit to how much what you can do with four people, five people buying. And they were also scared. They were, okay, your phone calls were not monitored. So chances of being caught were less. But today, if a guy wants to rig up a share price, let's call it Unicorn Pharma, because there's no such company called Unicorn Pharma. And he rigs up the Unicorn Pharma from 30 rupees to 1,200 rupees, because you have to create echo chambers, go and on, on Reddit or Facebook or all those places, you go create create some handles saying, I've been a pharma investor, I know this, you know, writing and taking from 30, 60, 70, then the momentum takes it to 1,200 yeah. Typically, they will say, what was SEBI doing? Well, SEBI can't even find out all this is happening. It That's is a true. Tremendous amount of effort to know all this. What, why did you lose money? You lost money because of greed. So yeah. if the promoter is also involved, somewhere SEBI might you know, find out, oh, uh, the promoter has also sold and things like that. What if I don't involve the promoter? Correct. Unicorn Pharma does not know that Subra... Correct has got together with 10 others and he's creating one from Indore, one from Bhopal, one from Chennai and everybody is talking of the share and these, any regulator in any part yeah. of the world knows. He can know after the event is over. That data will be un- available for him to analyze. But by the time these uh, stores have already
1: exited,
0: and, and if this transaction lasts nine months. You cannot keep on tracing somebody bought at 30, sold at 40. Are you going to say give back that 10 rupees because with that he has repaid a HFC home loan, how are you going to track all that money? So the only protection you have is to control greed and have education. Investor education plus right. controlling greed. All our media keeps saying, oh, we need to do financial education. Financial education, yes. So the ability to... Learn to see what is happening and controlling your greed. You can definitely do this. I don't know why people are in such a hurry to earn so much money. It doesn't happen. And unfortunately, most of our media does not talk about big failures. But
1: so that's because they, the investor also doesn't talk about failure. So no. as a journalist, you don't get access to
0: <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying success has a bigger megaphone than failure. Definitely, definitely. So success is what you hear, and you it's like saying uh, Sachin Tendulkar played cricket and earned so much, so I will play cricket. They are outliers
1: basically. They're outliers.
0: Irubai Ambani is an outlier. He studied only up to eighth standard and ran such a big empire. A- empire. Will we mm-hmm. stop our children at eighth standard and say, oh, now put up a petrol pump in India? <laughs> We have to understand such copying is not possible. Therefore, you cannot copy investors. Also, if I am a big investor and I have, say, 60, 70 companies, believe me, I have made all my money in top 10 shares. Other 50 are mistakes. But these 10 are such mega hits that it covers all the other mistakes. Now, if you pick up only my mistakes, you can copy me and go wrong. And I may have got the top 10 by luck. So just because you are a fantastic CEO, you may not make a fantastic businessman. There you're taking decision on behalf of somebody else, your That's salary, it. somebody else's money is at risk. When it comes to your own money, you may not be able to take a risk. And I think the best thing that an investor should do, which nobody recommends, is to maintain a notebook. Uh, today, this is what I bought, this is what I did, This is uh, keep on writing. Okay. Because six months later, you laugh, you laugh at your own mistakes. You you would have done, I mean, imagine March 2020, when COVID yes. happened, the most sensible thing to do was to sell. But who made money? The guys who bought. The guys who sold are look like, looking like idiots. People to see three years, four years, five years in future is very difficult. That's so in the market, you know, only one thing, never take a very strong position on anything. Keep changing your mind as That's the true. numbers change. Very,
1: very, very important.
0: You know, a company is doing very badly and Adani or Ampani or somebody takes it and runs it well. Obviously, like uh, I think CG Power. CG Power was a disastrous company at 6 rupees. Mm -hmm. Group took it, it is 300 rupees. You know there is a change of management. But when there is a change of government, we don't treat it as a change of management. So maybe this this government comes and gives them a free hand, they are able to do a better job. And therefore, the price has moved up don't have enough data and the ability to analyze data to see what is the impact of change in management on PSU. It's too big. So, to find out how much is luck, how much is management skill, how much is change of management, it's a tremendous amount of skill. So, when you're building a portfolio,
1: you need to do all this. What is the kind of risk management and uh, insurance that investors must have?
0: Actually, this is a good
1: question because when uh, when we talk
0: about insurance, we generally think of medical insurance Correct. because death means nothing. Death, if I die, I don't have a problem. People Correct. dependent on me have a problem and that's not something which people bother about too much, especially wealthy people because they know that the bread butter system is taken care of for the next 100 years. So that is not what is worrying them. They, I know a lady who needs three crores for a retirement. Very and she has 65 crores. And she keeps asking, is this enough? So I tell and she travels, travels by auto rickshaw. I tell her, every time you go out, if you buy an auto rickshaw, you will still not see an insurance. Some people are so scared. But I'm looking at risk uh, insurance at a younger age, also. Say a 25-year-old, 35-year-old. What is the risk? Risk is you could die young. That is a risk on people dependent on you. That's sort have critical illness, which could uh, lay you down by 10 years, mm-hmm. which means you're not earning and somebody is spending money on you. You are not spending because you're in coma. You could lose your job and not be able to find another job. So what is the insurance against this? The insurance is qualification. Once you have good educational qualification, chances are if one company closes down, somebody else will pick you up. You know, like Arthur Anderson closed down, but all the chartered accountants got picked up by Pricewaterhouse and, and all also so oh, pick four, just picked up. So people are not unemployed. So so that is one. So, making sure, you know, in husband and wife, if the wife is a, let's say she's a professor in IIT and the husband is doing day trading, you're pretty really sure one income is surely that's going to come. She's going to work that till 68. Then she's going to have a pension. So that is another type of insurance. So education is insurance, income flow is insurance, right. medical insurance is required. All these things help you one thing. They help you making sure that in case there is a big drawdown in the market, you are not forced to sell your equity portfolio. That is the insurance that I'm talking about. When you uh, surround yourself with all these uh, Kavachakundalam, mm-hmm. you are sure that in case of a drawdown, you can say, okay, next 10 years expenses are lying in debt funds and bank deposits. I don't have to worry. I will look at it. I I'll feel bad about it because it's a 30% fall. I should put, be putting more money into it. But even if right. I don't put money, the fact that I do not withdraw, Correct. I that after three months, four months, six months, whenever the market recovers, I'm in right. That kind of insurance is what I'm talking so about. So basically course,
1: asset allocation, having something in emergency funds, bank deposits and things like that. Right. So, yes, asset allocation. But asset
0: allocation is a very, very misused word also. Because after a point, there is no sense of making asset allocation. For example, uh, a Ratan Tata and Azim Premji don't do asset allocation. They are 99% in equity. Because yeah. their base itself is 50,000 crores or 1 lakh crores. Uh, Aarti, I remember I was, when I was doing a lecture, just before me, uh, and I had done the lecture, and I had said uh, asset allocation and all that. And one guy uh, came after me. He said, I don't do asset allocation. All my money is in equity. So people are looking at me very accusingly and saying, uh, you said asset allocation. Now he's is saying, uh, I don't think any asset allocation is required for any of you. All those of you have 10,000 crore network. Please put your network. <laughs> please understand the context of asset allocation. Not everybody needs asset allocation. Beyond the point, you don't need asset allocation. Up to 3 crores, 4 crores, 5 crores, you may need asset allocation. Similarly, in an 83-year-old, uh, who's spending 5-6 lakhs a year and who has got 10 crores, doesn't need asset allocation. All these assets could be in uh, equity. It doesn't matter. It could be all in debt. It could all be in equity. It doesn't really matter. So, asset allocation, and I always talk of asset allocation for the family. Ben is earning a very assured return, like a, a IIT uh, professor mm. kind of a job where you will not lose your job. or uh, Nothing great. Your mm. salary is slowly going up. Beating inflation, but not some uh, 30 lakh bonus and all, you'll never get. Yes. you get a standard salary of 18 lakhs or 20 lakhs, but it will, it's enough to run a family. Then you can take risk. You say, okay, I, that is there. That is, that is, his income is like debt income. That's right. right. Nothing can go wrong. It's like guilt. Mm-hmm. I won't even say debt income. It is guilt without empty and, you know, kind of. What more do <laughs> No, no. So you say, you say okay, I am earning three lakhs a month, and I am going to, you know, uh, do F and O, do the, all this. Because if I get a higher return grade, if I don't get, I know I have that to fall back on. So asset allocation for the family is very important, rather than asset allocation for the individual. And after a particular figure, asset allocation may not make sense. Sure. Uh, in a, in a ten-year cycle, market will fall thirty percent once. Uh, 5% regularly and 1% every day also. It could fluctuate. I know that. So when there's a 30% call, I know that it will come up. So I will remove from debt and put it in equity. And for asset allocation, look at your total portfolio. This way also, so asset allocation is about mindset, about your family income, about your own background, your father made money in equity, so you're comfortable with equity, your father lost money in equity, so you're scared of equity, all this put together is your asset allocation, not just some number. So asset allocation is holistic when you look, each person has a different asset allocation based on his or her own background, all this combination
1: is asset allocation. Thank you so much, Subra. I think we've come to the end of our session. A lot of very insightful points you made. And I also had a lot of learning from this session. Thank you so much.